Previously on the Mario Rosenstock podcast. When you have a little bit of pride about what you do or what you want to achieve, it's, it's, a, it's winning the next moment. It's winning the kind of battle that's in front of you. Because for me, life isn't about like me getting the better of you, Mario. It's about me against me and being able to look myself in the mirror. And that's why in related to my career, I don't feel pressure genuinely. I mm. prepare as best I can. I prepare the team as best I can, but I can sleep at night because I feel like that I, I give it my all. And once you give something your all, I think there's a sense of contentment when you hit the pillow at night. How are you? That is a clip from a conversation I had with Ronan O'Gara on the podcast Uh, just over a year ago. Now, Raj, during the podcast, was incredibly relaxed, open and honest during our chat. And he opened up in a way I haven't heard before, even though you hear him on a lot of um, podcasts and on a lot of radio stations and stuff. He's talking about his mindset when it comes to rugby, personal fitness and management. He's talking about his ambitions for coaching and managing the Irish team even, and even what makes him cry. And we've decided to repost that episode this week because, of course, he's kind of the man at the moment right now, guiding La Rochelle, to a slightly unlikely victory over Leinster in the Champions Cup final. And people are wondering, how did Raj become such a a fantastic coach in such a short period of time? And it must be something to do with the way he looks at things and the mindset, uh, which you can hear on that podcast. So all you have to do to listen to the whole interview is just scroll back a centimetre or so on the podcast feed and listen to the full chat with Ronan O'Gara but only after you've listened all the way through the, this episode with the wonderful Murin O'Connell, a former Today FM colleague of mine currently presenting Ireland AM with Tommy Bowe, another great rugby player, and Alan Hughes, another great rugby player. <laughs> Murin is an incredibly sharp, witty, and knowledgeable person who always has something interesting to say and a great story to tell. I've always found Murin, as a colleague when she was in Today FM, I, was, I say during the interview that she was always very good up on the zeitgeist stuff. What are people talking about right now? She was always really good about that. We know each other well, so this is a very relaxed and a very loose conversation. We cover a lot of ground. I don't think it's insomnia. Mm. I just think it's, I find it hard to get to sleep. But I've given up the murder podcasts at night. That's one thing I was like, I should do. My housemate was like, I just maybe, if you just stop the murder, stop, just stop with the, the women getting horrifically murdered all the time. So that's what I listen to to go to sleep. Yes, anyway, glory holes. You did say glory holes, right? Mm. Um, and, the, and why that. I glo- knew you were going to pick up on that. No, no, no. Why glory holes is, is, is interesting is because. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. I never thought I'd say that on a podcast. We were chatting to the owner of a college bar. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's a nightmare. Do you know, they're not drinking and having crack anymore. They're all off their tits. And he's mm. like, and these are people who are going to be teachers in a year because mm. they can't afford to drink. Are you, Raj? You still drunk from last weekend? Yeah, hi, Murren. Sorry for the delay there. That was partly due to my personality. <laughs> <laughs> what a coincidence. Rona O'Gara is one of the callers who phones in to chat to Murren during our conversation. She's a diehard fan of Monster, and they have a great and they have a great catch up together. All that coming up in just a couple of minutes' time. Well, this podcast has been flying over the last couple of weeks. Tons of listens. Um, we rocketed up the uh, Apple charts, and there's a great buzz about it. And that's all thanks to you, 
You must have been saying it to somebody. You must have been listening, rating, reviewing, pressing that subscribe and follow button. And crucially, you've been telling your friends and family to listen and spreading the word. That's all I ask, that you tell one person to um, listen to the podcast. So a huge thank you from myself and Patrick and uh, kind of a new member of our podcast team as well, Ashling, um, who's working with us as well. So well done to you, Ashling, as well. And when you subscribe and follow to the show, um, it means you will never miss the brand new and exclusive comedy sketches that we have for you here every episode. I mean, we've done so many now on so many different topics, um, and I really enjoy doing this. This 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 week's it's all about those crazy queues and delays at Dublin Airport. Have you been affected yourself? Are you heading off this weekend? Well, Ryanair never miss a trick. And they've come up with a very, well, let's say interesting offering for passengers that don't want to be stuck waiting at the airport for hours. We've got our hands on the ad. Check it out. It's coming out soon. It's the summer season at Dublin Airport and Ryanair have teamed up with the DAA to maximise your comfort and convenience this summer. Introducing the Ryanair Luxury Departure Lounge, located just a stone's throw from Terminal 2 in Mullingar. Available now for an incredible $249.99 per person. Prices none too stone. Enjoy complimentary vodka baggies. Baggy singular. And all the fun of our million euro Ryanair scratch card. Chance of winning one in 73.2 million. Before being bussed straight to Scaries, where you can enjoy the scenic walk to Terminal 2 in your own time. And now, make your journey even more convenient with our new Ryanair Refugee Special. Get your very own Ryanair-branded two-man tent situated on the concrete just outside Terminal 2 for an amazing $449.99 per person sharing. While away the hours in your Ryanair tent as you pre-order your volcanic cheese and ham paninis. Panini may cause injury. The Ryanair Refugee Special. It's like a Ryanair electric picnic. That's the music or the toilet. Ryanair, we've got you. <laughs> Ah, and you've got to hand it to O'Leary. He sees the silver lining on every cloud. (laughs) So anyway, let's not keep this week's special guest waiting any longer. A presenter from Ireland AM on Virgin Media 1, Myrna O'Connell, had probably been awake for 12 hours already when we met in the studio for our chat, but there wasn't a hint of sleepiness about her. She was full of beans, stories, crack and laughter. You're going to really enjoy this one. So let's jump straight in. We're recording now, you know that. Oh, are we? Yeah, no, no, but just that, that and try and don't change your personality. This is no, this is gold. I'm not going to. For full disclosure there, for listeners who don't know, Myrne and I have been having an affair for three years. No, 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 not not at all. For not your we we took a, we took off the time during COVID. <laughs> I, I mean Mario, come on. That. We took off the time during COVID. <laughs> no, 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 but full disclosure. We're not Mer- Matt Hancock. Come Mer- on. Myrne and I worked we worked together and we sat beside each other for quite a while yeah. as she did her show on on the mid on the the, the, the afternoon show. Uh, the lunchtime show on Today FM but I also had her on my show The Sunday Roast a couple of times because I've always seen Myrne as well we have kind of a crossover because we both love talking politics we both love talking and she's also very zeitgeisty like what does that mean but it's that she captures stuff that I might have missed um, <laughs> because she's just a little bit younger than me so or a good deal younger so she captures stuff that, that. like she captures stuff that I wouldn't understand about so she, she would tell me about stuff that I would hear in the news but I wouldn't know what that's about and she'd explain it to me and stuff like that that's the way I saw it anyway yeah. but it's anyway, all gone now do you know what my jumping off point on this was um, it was that when you took over the morning or sorry when you took over the um, when you were uh, leaving the the, the, yeah. the Today FM show right yeah um, Mairead Mairead Ronan right mm. got a load of nasty messages I know, 
really awful messages into her. Awful. Yeah, yeah. Awful. We talked about that because she came on the podcast. I know, I was listening. But in private then, she told me that um, you were the really, really uh, brilliant support uh, to her when she um, got that job. She was, she's fantastic. And there was this, this, blaming someone for a situation that they had absolutely nothing to do with Mm. is, I don't know if it's a prerequisite for being a human. Mairead had nothing to do with this decision. It wasn't her fault. Nothing happened. She took over a job that I no longer had. Mm. And that was made by other people. And I uh, flippantly, uh, without thinking about it, sent out a tweet that kind of affected other people. And as a result of that, Marae got stick that was undeserved. Mm. And it made me really angry and sad, like really angry and sad. She was, when I think of Today FM, I think of Marae, Farrell as she was, Marae Ronan as she is. Yeah. And true. I was like, what is everyone, they should be so happy that she's coming back into the fold. Like one of the originals, one of the OGs, one of the reasons I listened to that radio station. Yeah, but what she said was, it really, it really went against that stereotype that the media like to propagate, which of is catfighting. Girls of hating each other. Girls hating each other yeah. and girls bitching each other and girls scratching each other's, other's eyes yeah. out. And what you did was a real kick in the arse to that. What you did was a real, you know, up yours to that whole culture. I, I don't know who perpetrates that culture because it's not women. Exactly. But, but that's why I, that's why I wanted to mention it today. Cause yeah. I, I, but I, it's not us that do it. I don't know who yeah. decides to go, well, it's going to be this against this. Mm. If there ever is an issue between two people who happen to be female, it's the exact same as men. Mm. It's just that it's amplified. Oh, look at this bitchiness. I've, I don't understand it. I've never She said that it. like you, you, you had a brief conversation or something that turned into a two and a half hour phone call. Yes. And then you, you were FaceTiming each other. Yeah. Uh, uh, she was filming for the families at the time and I was out um, uh, drowning my wounds mm. <laughs> with um, Ray Foley coming to see me and I was out with my housemate and a few other people came along and um, we were just out having drinks and I just wanted to ring her see if she was all right. Because uh, I'd Anyway just wanted to her And it was just hours Of just mm. chatting And seeing if she was Going to be okay Yeah Because she'd been off Living her life that day Working And then she woke up to her She turned on her phone And she was like What the hell is going on here uh, Because of one tweet And I just think That that must have been Such a shock to the system For her Yeah But she's fab Like she's great The day after she was Talking to you Actually we went We were going for lunch And it's just nice to you know, have someone that you can talk to that does the same thing that you do. You know? Yeah. But then but then funnily enough, then she has to leave. Yes. And then she has to handle a kind of that different woman problem. That that kind of what why are you leaving? Yeah. Oh, you're going home to mind the children? <laughs> really? Really though? Really though? Well like I mean I mean we say that, but like What's the wouldn't real the woman reason? scratch her eyes out for that job? That uh it's funny you say that because when Marie announced that she was leaving my phone Why is she really leaving Why is she really You have to know <laughs> There you go Why is she really I'm like she's just leaving lads She's just She wants to spend time With her very young family So yeah You can't have it But you couldn't have it both ways Yeah yeah, yeah. Great uh, And I thought you handled that really nicely And that was That was that was brilliant uh, Marie's a great crack though Isn't she You've known her for so long yeah, And I it's have. nice to be able to ring someone up And go come here to me Am I losing my mind Or what do you think of this And it's funny When she was on this podcast I was I, la- I remember Shane as well Saying it as well Because um you don't get to be like sort of, oh, you know, you don't get to do well without being fairly careful 
You know, you can't mm. just be completely loose. Um, and yeah. but when she came in to do my podcast, she kind of let she did let a few barrels go. Like, and I thought, maybe okay, you know, she's left today FM, and maybe she feels that you know she hasn't spoken to me in a few months, and uh, yeah, maybe she feels. But she did, and but she didn't do it recklessly. She just felt, you know what. I'm just going to speak my mind a little bit. She was, but as I'm feeling right now, and I was with her the next day, and she was like, "Oh my god, what did I say to Mario yesterday?" Oh, does she have interview <laughs> guilt? It's what you always do. You're like, "What did I say?" Because she's sitting down in front of a mate having a chat, mm. and you forget that there's a microphone in front of you. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, but that's that's what people have all the time. But I thought she was great. I loved. Yeah, exactly. That. that was a great. Well, oh, I get that. Just speaking about that interview guilt, I get that all the time because. This thing of When you're selling something Let's yeah. say you're selling yourself And you're selling a, a tour Or whatever You're sitting in front of somebody And they, they They ask you something And you go Right I have a choice here I can shut them down And be, be monosyllabic And basically give them A decent answer Or I can actually Make their job easier And give of myself And I usually choose the latter mm. But by giving of yourself You end up then Blabbing too much About yeah. Maybe what you feel About things Could be to do with yourself Your feelings and you get this dreadful hangover the next day of oh, a kind of a vulnerability and insecurity of what did I say, right? So then I actually got into a habit of it. So then I've actually used, I started talking about my father and all this, my relationship with my family, kind of therapy stuff. Yeah. And uh, I started to use interviews. And now, I, now, it's, now it's habitual for me. Now I use therapy interviews as, as therapy sessions. Free therapy. Free therapy. So they go, so tell us about the tour. It begins on 24th of March. You know, my dad never saw me. <laughs> and I'd like to talk about that. <laughs> and that, and he never, and it started on the 24th of March. So that's yeah. why it's starting on the 24th. Exactly. So I, I kind of openly now use it as therapy. Yeah. And do you know why? Because a, an interviewer is predominantly a stranger you're talking to who you won't need to talk to again for quite a while. For a long time. Why not? And it's also, I think for anyone to get into the mind frame of what this is, you're at home there now and you've gone out the night before and you've had a bottle and a half of wine. <laughs> yeah. And you've been with people that you know but don't really know mm. and it's Sunday morning yeah. and you're awake and you're going what did I mm. what did I say yeah, yeah. last night that's the feeling that's the yeah, feeling yeah. of what that is so uh, we should be like Mario just embracing how long have you been doing on, on the TV now the, the morning I moved to mornings last September okay and Tommy Bow. Tommy He's, Bow will have been there two years right. in September and so is it you and Tommy kind of as me a, Tommy and Alan um, and so we were Googling at the AM show, you know. Go on. And, and oh, yeah, yeah. So um, one of the things was um, Dan- the Daniel O'Donnell. There was a Daniel O'Donnell thing in yeah. a bedroom or something. Yeah. That what was, was that? Tell me about that. Uh, so this week, if, if you've ever had the pleasure of doing a Zoom with Daniel O'Donnell, find a way to do that because it is utterly delightful and insightful because the Daniel that you saw in Room to Improve right. is the Daniel you see as he's trying to set up a Zoom. Yeah. And he is going And it's on his phone And he can never make the phone stand up And he's like Oh for God's sake And we were like Well he's definitely not in the house In Tenerife That's a, that's a really big room How big is the house in Tenerife This is amazing And then we're like Oh God he didn't even make the bed And we're like Daniel are you Where are you and He's like I'm in a hotel room You could room. see this bed in the background Massive bed yeah. And we could see a suitcase And he was like Oh I'm in a hotel room in, in Belfast mm. We went Oh right We can see the bed there And next thing Next thing Magella just pops up Hello <laughs> And we're like Oh there's someone in, there's, there's somebody there's in the bed Because we were going to say Will you straighten out the duvet Yeah And then He's trying to set up Everyone is losing So this is during the ad break yeah. Everyone is losing He's like I don't know how to make this I don't know what to say And Magella This won't stand up for me What's going on yeah. She's asleep She's like oh, For God's sake Daniel And then um, 
or we were like, okay, well, do you want Magella to be in the shot? He was, ah, Magella, move there, will you? God! And she moves to the other side so she's not in the shot. And then we do the whole interview and we're like, Dan, we know that Magella is in the room or whatever. And he just goes, she is, yeah, picks up the phone and just puts it on her and she's fast asleep in bed and she pops up again and she's like, how are you lads? You're fine, don't worry about it. I love it. They're amazing. Yeah. They are brilliant human beings. I love them. Well, first of all, thank Jesus it was Magella. <laughs> and... <laughs> I, I mean Jesus and thanks and, and in fairness to him then you have to you have to give him credit for his relaxation he is I, I don't think people realise how chilled that man is mm. and how funny he is he is incredibly he's mm. an incredibly funny man you know the way um, on this show or not the show I always call it shows now but this podcast there are people listening in live and we get calls every so often from people that are maybe in the cars or whatever so, yeah, so yeah, but yeah, is yeah. it okay if you interact with them I'm, I'm really looking forward to this you, well Daniel's on the line I'm not, is it, I knew I, I was like the, I was there going I was like well it can't be Vincent Brown no, say, well, say I'm hello assuming to Martin's going to pop up no, in say hello to him hi Daniel how are you how are you doing Myrne Oh God, it's great to hear you now. And I'm on the road back into Kincarsla and I was wondering when that would come up about the old bed and me turning on the, the yoke and everything. And thanks for being so sensitive about it and, and saying I'm good crack and everything. I was just wondering though, yeah. would you be able to give me access to that footage? <laughs> we weren't able to record it on Zoom. I'll tell you why. It's because the guys from OnlyFans were on and they were wondering. <laughs> I was thinking of joining and they were saying we could have a weekly item. Who's in bed with we, Daniel? I'll be charging 89 euro a pop. So would you ask the lads in? I will, and it'll well, be, where will, are you now, Virgin? It'll, it'll be Magella every time. That's it'll the be Magella every time. It'll be Magella every time, Daniel. Every time it'll be Magella, but the titillating part of it will be Will it be Magella? And what bed? And what will be happening in the bed? <laughs> now, so you'll, you'll give us access, will you? I, I will give you whatever you want, Daniel. The old footage. Whatever you, you want the footage of yourself. I'm just rubbish. In bed with Daniel, you know, in, in bed with Madonna. In, in, that's right. Well, in bed with we, Daniel. Who's it going to be this week? Is Tommy Bow available, by the way? 100%. 100%. For you, Would he be up for it? For you, absolutely. Would he be I'll up give for you, it? I'll give you a loan. Flattening down the old covers and it's Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> That'd put a stop in his tracks. <laughs> but Jesus, he's great on the telly. He's great at handling situations. Just when things go up, belly up, Tommy's there. <laughs> he is. Tommy to the right. You lo- Sorry, in fairness, I'm talking about that little incident, wasn't I? That was great. Ten siblings. Yeah, that was brilliant. That was amazing. Was I think funny. it's the that, best exactly. thing I've ever. It can only seen go in my well from. Life. Explain that for I the listeners. If they don't I, know. Okay, so um, I wasn't on the show at this stage, and I was starting a few weeks later. And uh, Tommy was talking to uh, Seamus O'Reilly, who is an excellent writer uh, from Northern Ireland, from Derry, and. Um, he was talking about his memoir and it starts in the read and it says, oh, can you, we, we can put this in. And it was like, um, and next we talked to a writer whose mother died, who's, um, who has 10 siblings. And Tommy says, 10 siblings whose mother died. <laughs> so this is the intro read. 10 siblings. I swear to God, someone had that sent to me five minutes after yeah. it happened. And I've never laughed so much like as in bosses inside in Virgin Media were going this is this is amazing this is like they couldn't stop watching it they were like oh my god this is this is fantastic yeah because if, if it was comedy writing of the highest calibre if you know it would have been put into you know this time with Alan Partridge I, I or just something. feel like 
I feel like he's seen it. I feel yeah. like Steve Coogan has seen that. D- definitely. Because, yeah, truth is stranger than fiction. It so. is just... But be- you know what? It's probably been brilliant for Tommy. But he handled it really well. He did, yeah. Because he's like, sure, what are you going to do? Mm. That's it. And Seamus was really lovely about it. Uh, they were chatting away afterwards. Tommy would always get in contact. They were chatting away afterwards. Seamus was like, listen, it's all good for the book. Of course it was Because that clip good. went viral So uh, perfectly good for the book And people find out who it was But he handled things I mean I think it's amazing with Tommy When you've had international press Rate you 0 out of 10 mm. For your position on a rugby pitch he, It's water off duck's back That's He's trying to teach me To just get over things Yeah Because he's like Move on next play Come yeah, on move yeah, on And yeah. he's like Why do you care Why do you focus on such small yeah. things you just move on next play. Yeah. No, I want to appear on your show, but I got asked twice. And of course, it's during the breakfast show. Like, I love the way they do that. I love the way it's like, it's like he has a job. <laughs> you okay, Mary? Same, okay to come on tomorrow morning, Mario, at 7 30. The same time, he can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> we're also focused. We're focused. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and Martin, Martin King, you were, you were expecting to see him in the, uh, during the broadcast today, are you? Or the podcast? I'm assuming he'll pop up. I don't know. You have to tell him what to say, though. I would. <laughs> <laughs> These things don't just write themselves, you know. <laughs> you love Martin. Oh, I love Martin. Like Martin. I find it really weird to think was there a night when um Martin and you and was it Deirdre Kane or maybe it was Dermot Whelan? It was Dermot. Dermot Whelan. All started all, doing Martins. All started doing Martins yeah. in front of my eyes. Yeah. Or I asked you to. But Martin and is, it became really, I was like, this is so yeah. surreal. It's insane. All of you were doing Martin King. Well, for him, Mar- Martin is the jumping off point for any aspiring impressionist. Martin is. He is really. Basically, anybody goes, so I want to be an impressionist. Okay, can you do Al Pacino? Whoa, fuck you. Okay, not bad. Who, right. Okay, let's, I'm going to try to t- teach me. Whoa, fuck you. Yeah, um, yeah, it's not a. Uh, <laughs> See, maybe better for. But, I don't want to be an impressionist. Try Michael D. Try Michael D. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And not yes, try indeed. and put a bit of energy into it. Little bit of energy into it. Yes, indeed, Mario. Oh, yes, yes indeed. Right. Joan Burton. Can I just say? Can I just say? George Hook. Merlin, you know what I love about you. Not going to do that. <laughs> Is that on ethical reasoning or no, voice? Just voice. <laughs> You're just not going to touch the hook. You're not going to go near that. You're not going to go near it. Can't do it. I'll write that down. It's a bit, but but no, uh, everybody that wants to do impressions, you kind of kick off with somebody like Martin King. If you can't go, oh, here we go. There's Merrin on the couch. There's Shane Dempsey. If you're not able to do that, you're not, you're not going to be able. I've never tried to do. Oh much. no, see, I can't. <laughs> I, can't I, could, I couldn't get the timbre of it. I wouldn't be able to. Tell me about um. I've written down a word here and I think it's incorrect. It was insomnia. But I don't know if you suffer from insomnia or just can't get to sleep. Or just and is really the like thing? the coffee. <laughs> um, I don't think it's insomnia. Mm. I just think it's, I find it hard to get to sleep. And, and how hard? It. Um, remember when I worked in, in, when I worked in radio over the years, there'd be times that, you know, it'd be 36 hours and I'd just be doing radio shows oh, and I wouldn't have slept. Shit. Ooh, yeah. That's dangerous for your health. Yeah, no, it's not good. Um, but then there will be times Like now I've started taking You know I'm lashing the Puritan Into me in the night all Apparently you're not I asked the doctor Anything help? They can say Yeah What does help? Night all? A, a 
box of night all. No, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm no, not no, no, I'm no, not. no, no. But I, yeah, I have to take. I have to take something. Okay, and but antihistamines. No, but I was saying it's good. I yes, it works. Be, I shouldn't be saying this. This is doctors do not recommend to take antihistamines to make you fall asleep. Mm. Um, but anything I can do to get a bit of sleep now, because uh, I'm, I'm genuinely knackered. I was full of beans from months going into that job. Because I'm like, okay, it's for it's Sunday through until Thursday, right? Mm. You got to go to bed early those few nights. That's mm. grand. Or you can't. I can't go to bed. So some nights it would be half one in the morning and I get up at half four or mm. four o'clock. Grant. Full of beans. They were like this one and her happy attitude in the morning. Oh my God, I'm going to kill her. And now I'm like, <laughs> oh, I needed a hug this morning from someone. I was like, someone give me a hug because yeah. I cannot believe that I'm here. I was so tired. Ugh. And it's starting to, it's starting to go, okay, how am I going to start managing this if I expect to be here for a little bit longer I would, it really uh, takes over your life you just think about yeah, sleep all and, the time and then it's a self-perpetuating yeah. a self-fulfilling prophecy yeah. the more you think about it the more you, you you dwell on it the more you become angst about it the more you stress about it the yeah. more you can't sleep 100% but I've given up the murder podcast at night that's one thing I was like I should do my housemate was like I just maybe if you just try he was like will you just use my calm app will you try that and I was like no and he was like just stop the murder stop, just stop with the, the women getting horrifically murdered all the time so that's what I listen to to go to sleep lying ramrod straight in bed yeah. unable to sleep after 18 women murdered absolutely because an awful lot of the murder podcasts deal with very horrific things so they talk like this to try to make it it's either very sinister like this or else it's very soft they try to be soft and very monotone because everything is so horrendous and I find it very easy to lull me to calm me there must be a gap in the market then for a murder podcast in which they're not monotonous and like that they're actually maniacal Oh, I'm sure that, that I'm gap. sure that there are yeah. some. Like there are some that are real show busy. It's like, hey, and today we're going to talk about Maria. Maria, she was 33 years old. She got she murdered in front of her children in 1984. Walking up that hill. <laughs> she was walking up that hill yeah. when Jack the Axeman came up behind her. Oh yeah. Oh boy, he chopped her down. <laughs> he chopped her good. Yeah. Yeah. And then I realized I was like, this isn't good for me. this hearing about women being murdered in such horrific ways is bad for me. This is bad. I need to stop. So now I'm listening to um uh, I'm listening to classic novels being read at night. I'm, you know, I'm listening to the Age of Innocence right now being or, read by a very posh English. And does that work? Yeah. 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 Like I've been listening to it for two weeks and I'm, I'm I still haven't finished it. Mm. So mm. it's, you know, I listen to 30 minutes of it and trying to get me to drop off. But then. I'm sorry, like, Maureen. Sorry. Sorry. There's another call coming through. Uh, it's actually, again, he's in the car. It's Roy Keane, actually. Will you say hello to him? Oh my God. Are you kidding me? Say hello. Hi, Roy Keane. How are you? How's it going? Hello, Roy. I don't believe what I'm listening to. I'm actually staggered. I'm actually, I'm actually slack-jawed in the car here at the end of the day. You can be whatever you want, Rogin. Well, I'm listening to this. Mern. Or- I'm listening to Mern. And she's going on about, I can't sleep. I can't sleep. I'm sick of people in this world nowadays. One day, in the day, they can't work. The work is too hard. Oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. And then they're asked to do the easiest thing in the world. Sleep, and she can't even do that. <laughs> sleep, you can't even go to sleep. I'm Have not you, qualified. You know why you can't go to sleep? Why, Roy? Work can't... harder. Okay. Work harder. Okay. It's too soft. Good going point. in and going on on television with Tommy Bo. I know. It's and then you go. No wonder you can't sleep. You've done nothing. <laughs> do something. I've done. I, you know, I walk four oh. kilometers in the morning when I'm at work. Is that four, is that anything? I mean, Does I'm that work, Roy? Can I impress you in any way possible? Just listen to a girl going on about murder podcasts. And people getting hop chopped to bits, and she's there. No, no, she's done nothing. She's appeared on TV for two. I, I, I don't understand the modern broadcaster. At the end of the day, I don't understand the modern. 
I don't understand it. And you're right. You're right, Roy. You work hard. You work. He works harder. If he, if Roy would love to guest present, I bet imagine Tommy Roy Ball King. sleeps like a baby. Like a baby. Yeah, he does. No, he. Uh, no, no. This is what we talk about in the morning. How'd you sleep last night? How'd you sleep last? How'd you sleep last night? Like this a baby. Normally, he's pretty good. Just walk to bed. Okay, sorry, Roy. Thank you, Roy. Okay. I'll, try Roy. To, I'll try to do that. Cheers. Thanks. That's all you're going to get from him. Criticism. You know what oh, I mean? Oh God, he it's does work hard at being angry at everything, though. It's makes great telly. Can you imagine him being a guest presenter on Ireland AM, Roy King? Yeah, well, I could imagine. People... Oh my God, him during the fashion. <laughs> That's my idea of heaven right now. Just Roy Keane. What? What? Those shoes with that dress. What? <laughs> Get out of it. You're big into fashion, right? I like looking. Yeah, I love looking at it. Do you have um? Do you have an opinion on um? What looks good on males and what doesn't look good on males, or what what men shouldn't wear, or is that? I don't think there's anything or, is or what we, what anyone shouldn't wear. Wear whatever right. the hell you want. Uh, well, I don't know what I'm talking about. And so not I, age I just, appropriate. I, I, I just you phrase. like looking good, though. You you're into. Oh, come on. Yeah, but you but you've got a style. Not at all. How would you describe my style, Marin? I do not have a style. Uh, tennis club rugby matches. <laughs> you just pick the first two things that you know that I barely do. So I arrive in with a pair of shorts and a dirty face. I have no style, Marin. You do, but like my wife dresses me. Okay. She has style. That, well, then. But then my style is non-existent. But you've Blonde got a style. goes to Gantt and picks out three things, you know, and fair play to her. I like them. But you but like I, the things. I do like the things, yeah. but I don't have a style. But is that something, that's something that you actively encourage because it was something that you didn't want to do. Much like I actively encourage my housemate to cook because it's something I don't want to do. So you I, kind of decided abdicate a responsibility for dressing yourself when you got together. Uh, not really. Or I, did she I, just I, start buying you stuff? She just started buying me stuff. But the thing was that I, I actually work, I actually kind of work too hard. I actually just keep working all the time. So I actually oh. don't have time to. Well, anyway, pet, one of the pet hates of males, all males, I don't know about females, Go but on. one of the pet hates of all males that I've ever known, and I'm even guessing further, so to extrapolate that it's all males, is trying on a pair of trousers in a shop. I think most is women the most would. embarrassing, awful thing you've ever done. Now, trying on a shirt in a shop is the second most embarrassing thing. If you think I'm taking off my top in Diffney's, right, or pulling down my trousers, and somebody with their with their elbow in the curtain going, "Oh, sorry, You're, who is?" And I'm taking off my trousers. What? Do you mind? Well, I'm worried about. Uh, like, are you going to places where there's glory holes or something? Like, what is wrong with you? You should be fine <laughs> to go into a changing room. No, Mary. And take up. People aren't going to. Boo! Sorry, I see that all the time. There are people popping their heads through all the time. That's because they're like. Something all he'd be up for. Just want to have a look. Well, Do you have I'm, men standing next to you in the cubicle when you go wee? Uh, yes. Like standing next to you in the urinal. Well, not standing at my urinal. No, but they're standing at the one next to you. They don't share the same. But urinal. I'm saying they they go to the one next to you. They do go. They don't. They don't, don't you, jump. They don't you jump one down. Space? You jump one down. Oh no, no. They all go, always go to well, the one then, beside me. Well, then people are looking to see something about Mario Rosenstock. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Because I don't know many men that people are bursting through their curtains when they're going to. A well, anyway, yes, anyway, glory holes. You did say glory it? holes, right? Mm. Um, and the and why that? I glo- knew you were going to pick up on that. No, no, no. Why glory holes is is, is interesting is because. Uh, <laughs> 
Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> never thought I'd say that on I was a podcast. Taking. Why glory holes is it? I'll tell you why glory holes is interesting. Sound like Pat s- Kenny would say. Just taking a sip of coffee. Glory Let's holes. try to legitimize. Coming up next, Darren talks to us about cheese, <laughs> and Warren talks to us about glory holes. <laughs> But actually, you, you veered into an area of conversation there, which was more the kind of stuff you and I would have normally talked about, which was that whole fascinating area of like, I was saying this to somebody else the other day, just shooting the breeze. But it was, you know, it's the, the, the news cycle, you know, that mm. I remember from I started watching Fox News pretty much every day in 2015 because of Donald Trump. Mm. And I, I began fascinated with this, this, the, the, machine, the machine that was Fox News. Yeah. And I watched it then all the time. And then it was Trump, 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 Trump. And as soon as Trump ended, it was it was COVID. Yeah. And as soon as COVID ended, it was Ukraine. Yeah. And and, and it seems now that there were there, there, there's there's news cycles almost being prepared in the oven yeah. beforehand. And then they come out ready made. Here's one I prepared earlier. Now, this is going to last us two months. But there was always news. Gonna... I think watching something like Fox News uh, every day would change your brain chemistry, Mario. Like, honestly, I'd be kind of, it's like me listening to true crime podcasts. I expected to be murdered around every corner. And oh, yeah. I was always prepared and ready and being like, well, you know, something's going to happen. Are you serious? Yeah. Does that, would, it, would it make you, would it change your, you'd, you'd be more vigilant? Really interesting. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I think women are vigilant anyway. Like, yeah. I genuinely, from the age of being 17, you know, I've got my keys in my hands. I've got someone ready to call. Like, you, I, yeah. I pretend that I've got headphones in. And I'm listening to something when I've got headphones in and I'm fully aware of what's going on around me. Shit, I never... It's things that you don't have to be taught as a woman. You just do it. Yeah, it's really depressing. It's really depressing. Physically, right, you're tall and, you know... Yeah, and and honestly... You're you're athletic looking. But age is on my side now. Like, as you get older, you know, the age profile changes as to who's going to get attacked. There are, of course, opportunistic attackers from... from Are you saying... I'm, I'm too old. I'm getting too old. I read too much into that. I read way too much about this stuff. But as you get older... You won't My age pro- profile Like as I get older So the age profile Is like okay, mid-twenties Statistically Yeah statistically yeah. And yeah. what's that Statistically about If you know what I mean Oh just vulnerable Nubile women Who might be um, A little bit more Drunk um, A little bit more drunk Yeah so in other words it, In other words If you're in your early twenties And you're a woman you're, And you're attacked It's more likely That you may have been On the town Let's say In which Rendering you more vulnerable yeah, not, or isolated Yeah not always But impaired mm. Yeah maybe impaired yeah. Whereas mm. <laughs> Yeah I need to learn How to not be impaired But it's um, it, It's Something that, is, that women aren't We're not taught It's something that you know That is something That you don't even talk about though We do We know Yeah I never talk And it's, and it's not a But me- that's that really does Get to me sometimes That it's Like why are we the ones That always talk about it It is ye that have to talk about it It that is, is ye that so have to true, go yeah. And I, I noticed it that some guys are so aware of it and you have the conversation. Aware of what? In light of, like I would know some men who would naturally, if they see a woman coming towards them and it's a dark enough night, they might cross to the other side of the road because they don't want to make her feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Who would naturally just do that. Yeah. Like I I see it happening. Yeah. Do you know, I I come from, I don't know if it's a, a, I don't know if it's a, (laughs) Tony Fenton, right? Hmm. He used to, he, I used to go out with him all the time. Yeah. And he used to stand up whenever a woman came to the table. That's so Tony. And I started doing it about three months after he did. Oh. And I pretty much always do it now. That's so Tony, isn't it? And I just remember going, I don't care if anybody tells me that that's rubbish. I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. Because I like doing it. Yeah. I, and it feels nice. You liked doing it. I did. Nice. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and... <laughs> 
<laughs> and then I started doing it for men as well. Not not guys I'd normally know, but if I'm meeting somebody new. But just being hello, yeah. You know, to stand up to meet them. Yeah. To actually stand up to meet them rather than just be seated and shake their hands. But I, I can imagine my dad doing that for yeah, everyone. Yeah. Do you know that it's just kind of an older uh, thing maybe. But then the other thing was then, so I was always taught that like if you're walking along a road, uh, a path, that you go to the outside of the path and let the woman go on the inside of the path. Oh yeah, there's a big, um, there's a big viral meme about that with Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock. Go away. From the proposal when they're coming out of the shop and they're just shooting a scene and he, he as they're talking and he just uses his hand, just ushers her kind of inside and he goes to yeah. the outside and it's, it's, people love it. People yeah, love it because yeah. it obviously wasn't in the script and he just naturally did it because he's a gentleman. Uh, well, I'm interested in this now. What's, what, so what's the... What's but it's, it's, I don't think, I'm sure that there are people listening now, mm. you know, um, who might be going, well, why? Why? What's wrong with a woman that she thinks that I would attack her? I would never do something to a woman. Of course you wouldn't. Course I'm not, not saying not that I point. do not think in any way, shape we or know. form no. that someone's going to do that. But that's what gets thrown back at you. You know, it's uh, how dare you think that my son would do this. I, I don't, but it's just a comfort thing. Mm. Or even someone, which I really like during COVID, I don't know about it now, but I was, um, I, I'd go running at night, you know, a good bit. And not that late, but I just like to go out. And, um, you know, just nine o'clock, whatever. And and lads and, and women or whatever just going, How are you? That's it. You're just completely disarmed and you're just you're just more comfortable. When like when communication they, as, yeah, is initiated. For, yeah. Like I'd be very much someone who yeah. like friends of mine cannot stand me because if we're going on a walk and I'm hello, hello, hello. You to like to open up everyone. communication. I like to say hi to absolutely everyone. Mm. And uh and it drives people absolutely mad. But I just think you can get the measure of someone very quickly yes. as to what they're going to be. And there's a great book in, um, uh, in uh, there's a great um, story in Maggie O'Farrell's book called I Am, I Am, I Am. It's a memoir of hers, which is just astounding. And it's about when she was going on a walk uh, this one day and she went a different way and it was a country walk and she was 17. And she said, was going off and she passed someone and she said hello as she always did to everyone. And he didn't respond in the way and she realised later on like she this guy was he ended up killing someone a little mm. while later on, on this walk she was like and I knew then he hadn't responded in the right way why did I go why did I keep on going and it's just that little these little social cues mm. that are and it just makes life easier and it's a nicer place yeah 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 Ooh, yeah that's but <laughs> but if you talk to your wife if you talk to Blondet about things like this she'd it's it's stuff we talk about. It would be lovely if you to talk about it, if men would talk about it. Well, actually, now that you bring it up, actually, um, Blonde's a big runner and a big walker. Mm. And she'll go out night, noon and morning, hailstones, everything. Um, if nothing for peace of mind, you know, yeah, even yeah, though yeah. she loves Absolutely. running and working out. Um, but during the winter there, whenever she'd go out, because she did a thing of going, we'd, going out walking on her own in the evening for a while just to clear her head. And in the dark and I ended up just getting fucking ringing her during the walk then just going well, you know yeah I know rest your soul from Ashley Murphy but we're not long on from that and mm. I think everyone was very very head up and, and it certainly hit a nerve um, but I don't think there's anything wrong with the conversation of being like I'd be at home with my nephew my sister kills me and I'd be like go on are you shifting her go on what's going on with you and you know how are you chatting to the girls and she's like stop will you st- stop he's yeah. only a child I'm like he is not a child he is clearly going out shifting hmm. you know what? like in your head he's still this little baby hmm. but he's taller than I am now he's going on six foot he's going out with his lads he's on the Limerick Ireland team come on and the poor thing it breaks her heart when I talk and then I'll be talking to my niece and she's like no you can't like she's older than him and one day in the in the kitchen she thought I was talking to her about drinking 
But I was talking to her about, you know, kissing. She'd been at a ball or something. Mm. And I thought my poor sister was going to have a heart attack with me, like as in take me out of the room, be like, stop talking to my children about this. Mm. She, of course she has. I was like, I wasn't talking to her about drinking, although you should be talking to her about drinking. She's like, Maureen, you're actually going to... Because parents view their children in a different way mm-hmm. to how others view their children. Mm. You know, I'm their aunt. So I'm I'm completely different. So you've got a different perspective on mm. on what they do and where they are. But them, but like talking to him about that and his friends, I was like, do you chat, you know, about girls and women and how to chat? And he's like, go I'm having a cup of tea. Like that moment when, you know, the blowjob scene in, in Pretty Woman and it comes on. And you're like, anyone want tea? When you're watching with your parents, anyone want tea? <laughs> <laughs> anyone want anyone want tea that scene came on I'll viscerally remember this that scene came on it was myself two friends who had been living in America we were nine I think and my dad and that scene came on and I was straight away turn the channel anyone want tea turn it <laughs> and they were like turn it back what's wrong why do you want the to turn the job starting I was just sitting there going oh my god oh my god they would never have been allowed to watch something like Pretty Woman yeah. and then dad was like oh and then he just went okay I'm off and he made the tea yeah because they really wanted to watch it but just Funny, but you mentioned there about the the uh, that, that stuck in my head about the the keys thing back a few minutes ago and mm. and being ready and vigilant. But I was um, I'd finished like it was on the last night of I was five five nights in the Olympia and I finished the last night of the Olympia. I was on a Saturday come night. Come on, come on, it was on a Saturday night. That's amazing. And um, it was on a Saturday night, and uh, I was wrecked. And uh, a few of my friends were there, and they said, "Will you come for a drink next door?" And I went, "Just one drink." And I was clever enough to back out. And after one drink, I went home. So it was about 15 minutes, quarter past 11. It was just outside the Olympia on Dame Street. And like, that's the first time I've really experienced. I just wouldn't, I just didn't feel happy and safe at all on Dame Street at a quarter past 11 on Saturday night. Yeah. At all. And you didn't? Nah, yeah. I didn't at all. And I'll tell you why. It wasn't a feeling. It was, it was, it was literal stuff. Yeah. So there were guys going by me Okay, well, how can you explain it? I think they were off their nut, right? Mm-hmm. On bikes, okay? Kind of half one yeah. arm on, half one arm off, flying, like going 45 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Kind of with their arms out, kind of just, uh, I don't care what happens here. If you get in my way, tough, right? Yeah. Then other guys walking by you like um, your man in the Verve in that video. Mm-hmm. And kind of going, what are you going to do about it? And just kind of walking through you. Yeah. And I got a real sense of like, which I'm stating the obvious here, but I got I got a real sense that there was a lot of people very, very high, high on drugs and not high in the kind of a heroin kind of. How are you doing? No. Going away. They were amped. Amped. Yeah. Good word. Yeah. Amped up and going to go through you. Yeah. Like the old kind of things you'd see in the 70s about PCP and all this in the States, New York. Yeah. You know, um, PC- I think that's a really good way. That's a good way to equate places in Ireland now and uh, and what it was it's, yeah. it's thinking of America in, the, in New York in the 70s yeah that's what I think is happening here now it is yeah. and like it, that feeling it's that, not nice is it it's really shit yeah it's awful yeah you've got to get out of there so I was opposite South Georgia Street yeah. and you know South Georgia Street there the bottom of it is probably I don't know if is there a gayer area in Ireland and oh the gay bar yeah because yeah. it's like an out and out gay place it's yeah. showy gay it's where the gays who look gay, sound gay and act gay and love being gay, act gay outside of there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so they, they just get the shit kicked out of them, some of them, when they come out of there. Oh, yeah. There's been awful stuff, like yeah. awful and stuff. That's happening. very near the Dame Street. Yeah. And that's now in the centre of Dublin. Now, if you consider that O'Connell Street is a no-go area. No-go. Mm. Right. 
Now it's kind of moving into sort of, you know, Dame Street and all that sort of stuff. Wouldn't go there at certain times. Um, I'm not don't know where I'm going with this conversation, I just, Mar- Mar- but, but it's but it's just something I've noticed that's different to see, how it was. There is there is something that I think is quite interesting about it because as we get older, obviously, you know, you get a little bit more conservative. You get a little bit oh, this isn't for me. Nah. But I don't think it's age. Nah. I do think we've spent so much time with legislators going, drink is evil, drink is bad. Let's make sure that we no one can afford it. And we're sitting there going, so some of the biggest drug dealers in the world are from mm. this country and live in this country but we're just ignoring what's happening there so I know that college students can go out and buy three tabs for a tenner and take that because that, that's one drink mm. and that's what they're doing mm. so we were chatting to the owner of a college bar uh, it was during COVID we were out for a walk and uh, and uh, someone knew him and we were having a chat and he's like oh yeah it's a nightmare do you know they're not drinking and having crack anymore they're all off they're all off their tits and he's mm. like, and these are people who are going to be teachers in a year because mm. they can't afford to drink. They can't afford to go out and have a few drinks. You mm. can drink in the house if you want. That's getting more expensive now. But they're like drugs. He's like, drugs are so cheap. Mm. Cocaine is so cheap. Mm. E-tabs are so cheap. Mm. LSD is so cheap. And he's like, and it's drugs that get you, that get you feeling something. Mm. So nothing is going to go through you. And we're, we're ignoring it. Mm. We're absolutely ignoring it. We're ignoring what's happening in towns and villages and cities all over Ireland and we're still talking about the price drink. Mm. And I'm, I'm not saying that there isn't an evil to drink, but I do worry about this drug crisis that we're not talking about enough. Yeah. And it's, again, it's no guards on the streets, right? Um, we're, during COVID, they yeah. are everywhere. Now, listen, uh, you'll, get into a, you'll, get, you'll get into a chat with somebody and they might say, I'll tell you how they deal with it in France, Roy. Right? They'll take them and they'll throw them in the wagon and they'll beat the fucking crap out of them and there'll be no cameras. And that's how they deal with it. Now, of course, there's violations of civil rights and all but that, that sort but of that stuff. But that doesn't there. solve anything. What does that solve? Um, well, they would claim that actually that, 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 that it is a deterrent. That people think twice about this kind of antisocial behaviour when you know that a present police force will deal with you summarily. I don't think it solves anything. You don't? I think the, the drug problem is a mental health issue. Oh yeah, not it's a drug a problem. I mean, I mean... Antisocial behaviour. I mean, I mean severe antisocial behaviour. But where behavior. is that Some coming of, from? There's always going to be someone else yeah. then. There's going to be someone else to do exactly the same thing. Yeah. Like where beating the crap out of someone is not an answer. Yeah, I think anything. there's... Uh, my, my, I guess what I'm getting at is though I think there's a... there. I think there's a policing problem in Ireland and like, I think that... Um, community guards. Community guards yeah. and a social contract. And there's a, lack of, there's a lack of guards walking up and down. But where's the social contract? So mm. we've got people who can't afford to be teachers anymore. That's right. So who's going to teach our kids? We've got teachers, people who can't afford to be guards. I know Correct. guards who are also security people, who are bouncers, who are because they cannot afford to be guards and live their lives. Correct. So the this social is the contract problem. is broken. broken. And if, we've done nothing about this uninhibited okay, capitalism. Okay, let's just want to move on to this next thing again because it's totally related to what you're talking about there. I'm always saying to people who come on and talking about houses and stuff, right, that what kind of a society, you said the social contract and that's a good expression, what kind of a society are we living in when in our capital city a guard and a nurse who are married together cannot afford to own a house? The woman or man who protects you in your bed in the hospital at night and the man or woman mm. who protects you on the beach at night cannot afford a house. The contract is broken. It's broken. Yeah. And to that extent, I think as well, just to 
um, I mean, you you were you were saying, I think it's saying in the papers about buying houses and all this and how what of a nightmare it was and all this as well. Ah, uh, yeah. Listen, I'm in a really no. I know good, it's a different uh, position. Uh, well, no. Having said that, now people think if you're on TV, you're loaded and all this sort of stuff. That's that that that. Uh, yeah, still but I'm in that. a better position than an awful lot of people, and I'm older, and I just Peter panned my way through life, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh Christ, I'm an adult and I haven't done any of the things I was meant to do. Hmm. Do you know? It was like have a bit of cop on now, girl. Hmm. Should have. Yeah. Okay. Done well, you said that now. Ago. Disclaimer. So. <laughs> <laughs> you get a little pat on the bum now. But it's tell so the story. true. Like if you don't caveat it with, I realize well, I am the shit out of it. Then and then go. I'll edit, I'll edit out the caveat. Don't just... edit out the caveat. <laughs> this is a I'll no just caveat. Keep on saying podcast. I'm incredibly privileged. I'm incredibly privileged. I realize checking that. privilege. Checking privilege. I'm incredibly privileged. Go on. Go on. Well, give us, just... talk about houses. Give us the lowdown. There's a house across the road from me. So the house I live in, you go from the front door to the back of the house in nine steps, maybe six. I did. I didn't want big steps at seven. If I'm walking normally, maybe ten. And uh, it's up for sale for 355,000, I think, mm. is what it's up for sale for. A house that a few years ago would have gone for 120, maybe, not that long ago. And it'll probably go for 400,000. And um, I know where, I, and of course, listen, buy, Grant, whoever can afford to buy it, but I'm just thinking, who does buy that house? That house is bought by a vulture fund mm. who's got to buy to let because you'll make a fortune because CNN was telling all the investment funds to buy in Ireland. It's unfettered access. They were, they've been doing that for years hmm. and we've let it happen. So I just don't know what person who would have been buying that house five years ago who, you know, could have been someone who was a teacher. It was a starter home. They don't have 400 grand to spend on that house that they can't live in for longer than three years if they want to have a family. So I just don't know where anyone, like when we're talking about teachers and and guards some of the most important people in hospital they're cleaners and, and porters and where the hell are they living when they have to work in a hospital mm-hmm. I just I do not understand if I see another sign saying acquired by that's not bought by that's someone buying to rent that house out making super profits and it will not be on the market mm. so it's being taken off the market Take, I, it's just acquired by acquired by buy yeah. to let buy to let and well, it's happening everywhere one of the things I think we we didn't learn but we should learn from from this the COVID experience over the last two years that nauseating which became for me nauseating image of people um, clapping um, (laughs) from their windows and balconies maybe I did it I don't know but I still think it's nauseating for um, people on the so-called fucking front line Mm. and this nauseates me because if you really have any intention of, of doing right by these people you find a way to Reignite that social contract you were talking about and pay them more. Pay them. Pay them properly. At what? Pay a guard properly yeah. for risking his life. Yeah. Thanks. Who's going to become? Who's going to do these jobs? And Fuck. It's, it's who does does this job? There was an article recently just about how in Ireland how you can afford things now, and it's work in tech. It's as simple as that. You have to work in tech to afford things in yes. Ireland. And I realise this is a global problem. Absolutely. Yes. House prices in New Zealand have gone insane because yes. so many people were repatriated home during COVID. Totally get that. Germany, Berlin are going, what the hell's going on? Sorry, yes. we had housing sorted. Yes. And now like they're putting rent caps on. Yes. And But they are at least trying to deal with it. Yes. Sweden, issues. I, of course, get all that. Yes. Uh, but we are getting to a stage where subprime mortgages, there's an issue happening in the US already, which, you know, we've all Subprime mortgages short. again? Again. So this, ha- this happened in, 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 in 08? Yes. 
So subprime mortgages are like raising their head again yeah. and people going, OK, um, are we giving back? The What's going to happen? So we're not learning anything and it's unfettered capitalism and with no social contract. Mm. So what's all this money for? Why does Jeff Bezos need millions upon billions upon billions upon billions upon billions mm. without giving his workers a proper wage so that they can live properly mm. and have access to a yeah. toilet? Like, what what are you doing? Like, I realise that they all want to cryogenically freeze themselves so that they can live forever. Fantastic. That's great. That's great. <laughs> you, you, you freeze your balls off, my friend. <laughs> but you're going to be in that freezer for a long time. And what's happening to your money while you're gone? I just do not. I cannot get my hand, my head around the accumulation of wealth for the sake of accumulating wealth and leaving behind a worse world because we're the first generation that's going to be worse off than our parents. Also, I think that we are inherently, and I think like an awful lot, that we're, we're a moderate country. We're like, ah, oh, yeah, Grant. Mm. You know, we're not take to the streets. We're not, which we do every once in a while, but we're like, ah, oh, yeah, okay. You know, we, we take a lot. I think we take a lot as a people, but inherently, regardless who we get, we're a moderate country mm. and that it will that it will stay like that. Mm. Like we don't want to like talking to um, a person I work with is American and um, like some of her friends just don't understand Ireland. Like they're like, what do you mean? And she's like, yeah, but sure, like we're grand. We, we muddle through. Mm. And she's like, I don't feel under threat all the time. Mm. I don't feel like another governmental party is going to come in and change everything like that or mm. try to. And their friends are like, yeah, but where's the... She's like, politics doesn't have to be an absolute, make you want to throw up all the time. Yeah. And some of them just don't get it. I think Fintan O'Toole kind of described that as a kind of an, an Irish stoicism. Yeah. It's this thing of you're so used <laughs> being fucked it is like it's in us whether it's the Vikings fuck you and your horny heads whether it's the Normans you asshole with a little D in front of it D-E in front of your fucking name fuck off the butler okay who's the next wanker the Brits fuck off and you're 500 years and 700 and then who's next these conehead clowns in long black dresses with the fucking collars on them Stealing my child from a hedge, says McSavage. <laughs> no, I, I never said that. I, 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 I know, I never said that. You said that. Dave McSavage, I never knew you were listening. No, no, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't listen to your program. But, um, I never actually took the child from the from, from the hedge. No, I didn't say you took the child from the hedge, Dave. The the the, the bishop. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, bishop, yeah, yeah. the bishop. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> okay Dave sorry Thanks for listening in There's another person On the line as well Is um, Willie O'D is on the line Say hello Oh my compatriot Willie how are you <laughs> How's it going Miriam Hello Mir- Miriam sorry Jesus Miriam I have Miriam on the balls uh, Miriam on the, on the brain On the brain sorry um, Miriam, Miriam, Miriam Come here I wanted to ask you First of all About uh, the, this, this house For 335,000 Go on Willie That yeah. isn't in Limerick is it Oh, it could be. No, it could be, but Dublin, it's not. That was Dublin. Okay, that was Dublin. That was Dublin. That's what I wanted to ask you, was, Mern. How come now you've lost your Limerick accent completely since you've gone up there to the big smoke? <laughs> huh? This is a Limerick accent. It's not a Limerick accent. It's a Limerick accent. But it is a Limerick accent. I'm, a product, of, I'm a product of two Kerry people. There's a lot going on. But there's not a Kerry accent there to be found <laughs> no, either. Cute whore now. Huh? Where's Limerick? Could you I not even do a Limerick accent? Willie, don't even start with me. Do you know what I mean? you not even do a Limerick accent? What's... Like I'll meet you inside in town And we'll have an all chat But I'm not going to do it Like 
on a podcast right now. You sound as if you're from Kenya. Do you know what I mean? No, how Nairobi? dare you? Are you from Nairobi? <laughs> George Hook is on the line. Say hello. George, hello. Burns. How are you? Would you not try doing me I with can't. your butt? Just give it a bash. I can't. Just go, okay. Step one of I, okay. I can't. Just do ah. I can't. Just go ah. Ah, ah, ah. Like pirate. <laughs> can't do that. Just do me, will ah. you? <laughs> No. You don't want to touch it, do you? <laughs> Who else? Um, <sighs> you know what? You know what? You know what? I think you've done just about enough. I think you've done well. I think you've done really well. And, I, and thanks. Oh, yeah. One more. One more, actually. Um, one more caller uh, is on the line. Rog. Rog is on the line. Oh, my God. How are you, Rog? You still drunk from last weekend? Yeah. Hi, Moran. Sorry for the delay there. That was partly due to my personality. <laughs> but partly due to the satellite delay, delay, delay on the line from La Rochelle, shell, shell, shell. Um, How are you, Raj? How's the hair? Good, Murren. Great. I'm in cloud cuckoo land at the moment. I'm a happy man, I'll tell you. Yeah? I just wanted to ask you, um, as a proud Irish woman Go on Who were you shouting for Last week <laughs> With Lara Rochelle Versus Leinster I, I got a bit of abuse Over that Raj Why yeah. who Got a bit of abuse I congratulated you And people said How dare How dare you that's Not right. support your own How dare you Typical Typical Well that's why I'm ringing fans. up today Moran. A lot of Leinster fans Weren't happy I just want to thank you For supporting <laughs> Good you old Raj. Are you coming home? You taking over Munster? I'm not for Munster. Yeah. Munster too small for me now. Yeah, we don't have the beaches no. for you, do you? So You're living a good life. There's three teams left for me. Three teams. Yeah. Go on. There's Ireland. Yeah. There's the All Blacks. Mm. And there's my next job. What's your next job? England. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine the day? Oh, Can Raj. You Raj, the you day? can't do it. Can you imagine the day? He'd be there. He'd get them to the top, top of their game and then he'd sabotage them from the inside <laughs> out. He's the sort of fella. He would absolutely he'd bring do them that. all the way. Just bring World them Cup down. final versus Ireland. And then sabotage them. Yeah. And he'd enjoy every yeah, second I'm of it as well. I'm picking Elton John in the second row <laughs> and I'm picking Brian Ferry up at out half and any other crippled old pop star from England. All the team is fired. <laughs> That's great, Marion. Listen, I've really enjoyed talking to you. And uh, listen, thanks a million for coming in. It's been a lovely chat to you, Mary. Good to see you. <laughs> and my thanks to my great guest today, Moran O'Connell. Thanks to you especially for listening. Um, and uh, check out the Raj episode if you haven't already. Uh, and the David McWilliams episode which was last week which has done so well on the charts thanks to David thanks to Roger thanks to everybody please subscribe follow and just tell one other person if you do so I'll be able to see you same time same place next week bye bye